0: Hey everybody, it's RTT
1: number 49. The Easter edition. The Easter edition. So I guess we started just after Easter last year. I guess I don't exactly remember when we started, but oh, well, because it's 49. It's 49. So, so there you go. It must have been uh, just after Easter, uh, which probably sounds right. Um, yeah. Uh, so and so we did. This is our first Easter. Rogue Table Talks, podcast edition.
0: Ah, uh, it is. Yeah, right. Well, quarantine, Rogue Table Talks, you Easter.
1: Know, yeah, <laughs> Easter quarantine.
0: Are we showing, is this, we're videoing right
1: now, but also audio, are we, will people be able to watch the videos? I think so. Yeah, it's on YouTube. Okay. Right? All right. Yeah. Uh cool. So, yeah, so, uh, um, yeah, let's dive in. Come on, let's go. in. Because kind of like to talk a little bit about just Easter. Uh, Easter, uh, in what it means. Uh, and yeah, that, uh, you know, you've got this, the whole narrative, the whole drama of redemption from, you know, creation and fall. And then this whole movement of redemption in scripture and, you know, the, the birth and life and death and resurrection of Jesus is sort of the fulcrum on which, you know, all of human history sort of balances. Uh, And I think it's, I think it's easy for us to sort of uh, get used to, get overly used to just how radical and dramatic, uh, you know, the difference is post, you know, post Jesus, post resurrection and pre, and, you know, how different the world was. Do you think that's true? It's just, I mean, it's obviously it's something we do every year and everything we do every year can become routine or sort of, uh, unappreciated, I guess. Um, but I think it's, do you agree? It's hard for us to imagine, appreciate how different the world was before and after Easter.
0: I think that is, That's a question that we could write book. Well, we couldn't, you could, I can't write a book on it, but that's something could be spent a long time talking about that because, um, no, and not to blame ourselves necessarily. No, I don't think we've been set up to appreciate that the resurrection did something in the world as we experience it historically. I think what we're set up to do as we talk about the drama of redemption, we are set up to. Uh, connect the dots of a story and then post enlightenment where everything moved to the mind and high emphasis on um, rational human beings and we can accomplish things uh, just if we put our minds to it, then basically we're just supposed to agree that this is how the story laid out was, was laid out. And this is what happened when I would argue the biblical authors, especially post resurrection, do not see it that way. That something has shifted in the cosmos, maybe even at a molecular level, people would sometimes argue. Theologians might be, some are scared to say, it, but some are not. I was reading in 1 John, and this is not in your notes, but I was reading in 1 John. And if you read carefully, he seems to think that something happened in regards to the reign of evil and the reign of Satan, a darkness, as he puts it, or the evil one, um, in the death and resurrection. That, that in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus, He uses words like He came to destroy the works of the devil, mm-hmm. and and the darkness is passing away, not mm-hmm. will pass away, but is passing away. That something mm-hmm. experientially in history happened in and through the resurrection.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that's right, and we talk about that. There's this sort of law, like the the enemy has been defeated and yet there's this long sort of campaign to get to the end of the war. Uh, but the defeat of the enemy happens when Jesus rises from the dead, uh, and things, everything, it, you know, it, you know, obviously our whole, it's been two millennia since then. And so we can't imagine what it was like before then. Uh, and you know, uh, how things might or might, might or might not have been different. Um, because that, you know, they, I think the popular conception was Jesus, the Messiah was going to come and reign on earth and everything was then going to just proceed from there. Uh, and in fact, the Messiah came, uh, lived a perfect life and died to, you know, to uh, appease God's wrath and then rose to offer this new life to us. So now we're in this place where the enemy is defeated and yet still, active it's like you know like germany let's say after d-day where you could see the end was going to happen it was pretty clear Mm -hmm. and yet the war was in some sense was over but there was a lot more fighting and there were more casualties and there can be more casualties we -hmm. can still be a casualty of evil uh but the you know that that's the the epic we're in is different everything's different
0: i i like that a lot and people people uh, so two two branches, well, there's more branches, but two branches of theology, systematics and biblical theology. And and a lot of times if you start with the systematics of let's figure out the divinity right. of Jesus or what happened right. in the resurrection, you can miss the scope of the story and what was changed in the story. And uh, theologians, biblical theologians will use D-Day and V-Day as a paradigm for the cross and resurrection and then for the return of jesus another way to say it is on the cross jesus cut the head of the serpent off Mm -hmm. and if you've ever seen the head of a snake cut off it's the body still alive and kick it's it's still movement there right but there was a major setback for the kingdom of darkness through the death and resurrection right
1: right yeah yeah Yeah. and so and so we live on this side we live in a sense as victors but probably not in victors in the sense that we always think, you know, Hey, you're winning. You know, who was it? Charlie Sheen that kept saying winning when <laughs> clearly he wasn't winning. I mean, it was <laughs> right. He was funny, but he was not not, <laughs> not winning actually. Uh, but we are, so we, we may not. And so Paul in prison writing the book of Philippians was writing from a standpoint of a victor. Like I know that this will result in redemption. I know God's name will be glorified whether I live or whether I die. He's living as a victor even though he's still in the conflict and there still might be casualties and he might still be one of those casualties. Uh, and so that should change, you know, our whole perspective. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know, you know, obviously holidays take on their own life yeah. uh, and nothing wrong with that. I don't have anything against the Easter bunny or Easter eggs or any of the Decorations, trapments of the holiday that we celebrate as Easter. That's all fine and good. And nothing, obviously, you can t- take the holiday seriously from a religious point of view and have, you know, an Easter bunny picture on your yeah. Easter basket. Secular that's, that's,
0: rituals or something. It's all
1: fine. It's all yeah. fine. Yeah. Uh, and yet, yeah, but I do think it, even in the church, we can kind of get into this rhythm. This is what Easter looks like. This is what we do on Easter. I mean, it's Christmas is the same way. And you know, pe- we have Easter dinner. This is, you know, we go to this, you know, go to grandma's house or they come to our house or, you know, eat, we have Easter baskets before church or after church or whatever, whatever it might be. And all of that's fine. Uh, but here we are in this new, like, we're not probably going to grandma's house. Grandma's probably not coming to our house. Uh, you know, we're in this, we're in, you know, this shelter in place, stay at home sort of world. And in a way, maybe it gives us an opportunity to experience Easter in a, in a different way in a sort of strictly spiritual, strictly religious way. Like we still mm-hmm. might celebrate it in some way, uh, but it's going to be different. It has to be different. And so that's well, not necessarily a bad thing.
0: It has to be, there's no, um, you know, communal Easter egg hunts, you know, right? we're not, we're not having people over to all do the, an Easter egg the-
1: hunt. All the eggs are 20 feet apart from each yeah.
0: other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and kids get tased if they get too close yeah. to yeah. each other. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that's true. We we won't have anybody over. Uh, we we probably will do an egg hunt in our backyard with just the kids, but mm-hmm. no family, no friends. Um, and the stripping down of our normal rhythms can be a real gift if we uh, open ourselves to it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we experience our experience will be different. It doesn't mean it's bad. Um, How can we really embrace what God might be and asking from us?
1: Yeah. And as we've said, you know, during this process that we can mourn the, we can mourn what we're missing and still experience something new and meaningful. Like both of those things, like we don't have to choose that. Hey, we're sad because we don't get this tradition thing that that can be, we can be, we can mourn. And we can say, okay, but then what does a meaningful observance of Easter maybe look like? Uh, the, both of those things can be, can be true. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's, so I think we've, we've done our job, put Easter in perspective. We check that box. Done. 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 (laughs) Now you all see. Yes. Right. Now you understand. So let's look, uh, Luke 24, is when jesus appears uh to his uh to the disciples and it's there's some interest there's an interesting interaction or change there that we're going to talk about this weekend uh but luke 24 36 through 38 um we read while they were still talking about this jesus himself stood among them and said to them peace be with you they were startled and frightened thinking they saw a ghost he said to them why are you troubled and why do doubts rise in your minds, which, um, I think are interesting questions, uh, for us. Why are you troubled and why do doubts arise in your minds? And there's sort of an obvious answer and then sort of a, maybe deeper, like the question is maybe on two levels, like, Hey, we're startled. We're troubled because you were dead and you just showed up amongst us like a that looked like it was a ghost. So, you know, not, <laughs> not trying to be a smart aleck, but that's why we're troubled.
0: but, but that's kind of what Jesus <laughs> does to him. Cause he's not, it's not really like any type of deeper layer of metaphor or anything else. It's just point blank. Why are you guys troubled? Yeah, <laughs> and the, right. it's the answer is obvious because you were dead and now you're among now, us. <laughs> boom, you're right here. Would you not be
1: troubled you by? Just appear. We <laughs> thought you were again.
0: Yeah, come on, Jesus. Come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um Yeah, uh, and that's yeah. maybe uh, you know. So it, so there's an obvious. We can say why are we troubled right now? Well, there's a global pandemic, uh, right. and not just that we're stuck at home, but many people maybe are without jobs or less income or can't work as much, or they're sick or a loved one is sick or whatever. So there's an obvious, there's probably always an obvious answer to why are you troubled, right? Yeah. Because there's trouble in the world. And Jesus says that. Um, and, but he, you know, I think he means something a little deeper than that, that maybe speaks to their expectations of what they thought was going to happen. Like they thought Jesus was going to, you know, think about it. Palm Sunday, he rides in Hosanna, Palm, mm-hmm. the whole, the whole nine. And it looks like, Hey, we're, we're a couple of weeks away from sitting in rule next to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I mean, that's right. I mean, I
0: think that's fair. I think that's a, the anticipations around coming Messiah um, and what many, People around that time expected was someone through the lineage of David, and that meant a king, and that meant a victor um, to give Israel rest from their enemies, just like David did, right. and just like this Messiah. Messiah is not not really a spiritual term; it's anointed one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but what I think is this is interesting because their expe- expectations actually uh shaded the way they interpreted the, the scripture and what they missed because they missed Isaiah 53 mm-hmm. that the suffering servant was the one who died on behalf of Israel they thought they thought the suffering uh, servant they actually interpreted it as Israel's enemies like right. this this Messiah was gonna make them pay and then they missed Zechariah 9.9. they they that's what they sang. Uh, when he came in on Palm Sunday, because gentle, your King comes to you gentle and mounted on a donkey, a donkey is a beast of peace, mm-hmm. not a war horse. Mm-hmm. And so their expectations, I would argue shifted the interpretation of the scripture and what Jesus was supposed to do. And he exceeded those because he delivered us and them from something more powerful than Rome mm-hmm. sin, the dominion of sin. Like we talked about something changed in the resurrection but he also subverted those. Um, mm-hmm. He disappointed them.
1: Um, yeah. An actual reign and rule is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, so those scriptures that they were leaning on are scriptures that are probably yet to be fulfilled. Uh, and, uh, but I do, I do think to, to keep that thought going, that obviously it's easy to see in retrospect how they, Oh, well, these scriptures were right there. Did you not see them? Mm-hmm. And yet, and so that they didn't see them and that they didn't take them into full account was part of the reason why they were troubled. Like they, they sort of missed, they sort of missed the whole story when they probably shouldn't have. Um, And yet I think we do the same thing in a different, we do the same thing all the time where, you know, all of the, so bad things happen. And I think Jesus might want to ask us, so why are you troubled? Not that it isn't troubling. So, you know, because there's an obvious answer. Well, here's why I'm troubled. But why exactly are you troubled? And what like what is the cause of your trouble? Uh and you know what were you leaning on that caused you not to ever be troubled? And maybe that was the wrong thing. Hmm. And that had to be subverted. That has mm-hmm. to be subverted. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense in which that's always a really good question, not that, Hey, you shouldn't be troubled, but what should the cause of your being troubled be? Hmm. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Like whatever you are troubled by might be revealing that that's the very thing that needs to be exposed that maybe shouldn't be troubling you. And there's a deeper reality that you need to be troubled by.
1: Right, right, right. That what's troubling me, fit is that my old, just like the disciples, the narrative that I had, how this was supposed to play out is being subverted. And that's and ultimately a good thing, but it's troubling because I maybe put too much stock in it that, yeah. uh, you know, I have this clear path to retirement. I have this clear path to whatever. Now this comes and everything's uncertain. And now I'm sort of thrown back on first principles when everything always, all of that always wasn't always has
0: been first principles. We just have the, I would argue the wealth and today the technology, um, and the advances to insulate ourselves a little bit from the need for first principles, which mm-hmm. something like I'm not in control of my life. Um, yeah. you know, God's the author of my story. I can't prolong the days of my life by anything right. I do or don't do. Um,
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's not, and I don't want to say, I don't want to be overly, I'm not trying to spiritualize it in a sense because it, it the global pandemic is troubling. Yeah. You're right. So people are truly suffering. People are out of work. They don't know how to pay their, they're going to pay their bills. Maybe people are sick. People are dying. Loved ones are dying. This is actually, Uh, Now, of course, to some extent, this happens in the world all the time. It's shaking us up in the first world, but it's happening all the time in a lot of the world. Uh, And so the question isn't, why are you troubled with the implication that you shouldn't be troubled? Everything's great. But like, what about this really is troubling you? And maybe that's some of that's misplaced and some of, you know, what we're going through, the suffering that we're going through now should redirect us back on the story so that we see scripture rightly again, like in this world, we will have trouble and, um, that the, you know, life comes after death. And cause I think we see, you know, we see all the scriptures of blessing and prosperity and all of that stuff. And that's sort of just like the disciples, it's not false, but if that's all we see and we miss this reality over here where, Hey, all the apostles were actually executed and, uh, You know,
0: (laughs) and all the people in Hebrews 11 never saw the fruit of that promise. Right. And there's always in exile, there's the people of God and there's the remnant, so to speak, within the people of God. There's the people within the people who are true and genuine faithful believers. And there's a people of God as the larger circle. And when, when they're in exile, there's no distinction between who, you know, uh, you know, to speak bluntly who lives and who dies, right. The faithful get, you know, um, experience the same exile as everyone else.
1: Right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Just like, you know, you could say the first, uh, I don't know, was it the first four plagues hit both Egypt and Israel? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so I think that's the, that, that if the, if I had an expectation that I was going to go through life without suffering, that no one you know that nothing bad was going to happen now and this pandemic is troubling that and that's probably something that needed to be troubled uh and yet so then how do i live with joy the fruits of the spirit how do the how can i manifest the fruits of the spirit during this time when it doesn't feel joyful it doesn't feel peaceful you know it doesn't feel good uh and i would just argue that's how you know they're the fruits of the spirit because you can't manufacture them on your own you know, joy doesn't yeah. come from joyful circumstances. Uh, it comes from the Holy Spirit. So, I do think there's this there's sense of Good Friday. So, Good Friday is necessary to Easter. Is maybe one of the what I'm trying to say. Like, it's easy for us just to skip right to Easter.
0: Well, and you know, to critique ourselves a bit whenever we do a good Friday service, we often end on a a very upbeat note, a very hopeful note. And I, um, I can be the same way because, Hey, we don't want to sit in the cross too long. We don't want to sit in the trial too long. We don't want to sit in the despair or the, um, need for forgiveness or the recognition of our sin. We got it. We need to resolve that quickly. And I, I I don't know if that's the best move. I think, You know, when you look at just the th- the three days, the Friday death, there's not a Saturday resolution. There's not a Friday night resolution. There is a Sunday morning, um, but then it then it comes gradually for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, to sit with the ne- necessity of the cross, I think is important and Good Friday.
1: Yeah, because uh, and I think that's obviously part of what troubled the disciples is they. It's not only that Jesus died, but this whole beaten, humiliated, suffering. You know, he wasn't like, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, was it Socrates that they, they tired of and he, they made, they gave him the hemlock to drink or whatever. Oh, right. As an honorable way to, 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 to you know, or easy way to get to kill himself. It was this public, you know, he everything about what he's, his ministry was seemed to be officially repudiated and humiliated, and uh, and we talk about the humiliation of Christ, uh, and and that's I think scandalized them, and it sometimes I think it sometimes scandalizes us because, I mean, what should we? What is the message of Good Friday?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is that our sin was not easily band-aid it over.
0: Yeah. Right. That, right. It's yeah. That's a great point. And I had one of my favorite profs in, um, a covenant used to talk about if you want to know how bad the diagnosis is, look at the prescription.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's not Advil for a gash right. or for cancer. It is the death of the eternal son of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so read through that prescription back into the diagnosis and you should quickly identify yeah we humans can make a pretty good mess of things really fast i can make a mess of things fast
1: yeah and i think that's that um that he it was necessary for jesus to do all of those things in order to pay the penalty for our sin and satisfy god's wrath uh and then it was necessary for him to rise to 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 give us this new life And that if I hold both of those, I can see that the new life is really a a life that doesn't bind me up into sin necessarily. That allows me freedom to live uh, under his power. That allows me fruitfulness that all of this stuff that uh, the death and resurrection. And then of course, eternally uh, with him. And I think we don't believe this, consciously or cognitively, but we can kind of say Jesus rose so that we can have comfort, prosperity. Like I never have to feel bad because, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, Jesus conquered death. So, but we still die. Jesus mm-hmm. conquered death, but we still die. But
0: we still die. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we're still living in this world. That's again, victory is, is assured but we're still going through suffering and death and that's probably necessary for us to really live in the victory that without the suffering and death i don't you know
0: i think yeah one framework that has been helpful that people use is the already and the not yet framework like These are things are already true about us. We are sons and daughters of God. We are victorious in Christ. Um, We are overcomers. um, All of these things that have happened as a result of Jesus' adoption and death and resurrection. But there's a not yet. It's not yet complete. It's not yet fulfilled. It's not yet experienced in its wholeness. And so, yes, resurrection life is now. And yet there's a not yet to that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, that that's the way it's, it's supposed to be. I, I do think it's just, there's a sense in which just like we can look back on the disciples and say, how did they miss all of that? Sure. They get so confused. Like why were they troubled about the things they were troubled about? I think we'll look back on our own life when we're in eternity and go, man, that's, <laughs> emba- that's embarrassing, man. You know what i I
0: used to criticize the disciples and then I, um, realized that it wasn't a good idea.
1: <laughs> right. I'm right. I mean, to shoot. see my own Id-
0: idiocy and my own shortcomings. I'm nice like
1: thinking. Yeah. 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 So, um, and that's sort of, again, that, that death to life, that, that all is happening here, uh, at Easter. Uh, and, uh, I mean, to to the next, the next thing, uh, that, uh, you know, one of the, well, one of the things he says is peace be with you. Um, uh, mm-hmm which is um, talk about that. So what, what, that would that have been Shalom? Is that mm-hmm. what he really said?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Shalom. So what is uh, talk about what Shalom?
0: Yeah. Is. Yeah. Shalom um, in the Jewish mindset is not just, I have no stress. It is a holistic sense of oneness that Adam and Eve would ex- have experienced in the garden perfect communion and oneness with God, communion and oneness with self, with each other, the harmony with the ground. Um, there's no curse in the ground. So this shalom is probably even bigger than, hey, don't be afraid for them. It's probably indicating a larger narrative at play, as in um, Jesus is this connector Of renewal of the cosmos and everything that was lost in Eden is now being started in momentum again and regained.
1: Yeah. So everything as it was meant to be, everything as it should be, everything in harmony. That's a more concise way of saying it. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) And so I think that's, but again, in order for that to happen, all of, you know, Good Friday had to come, all of the suffering, and yet. so they can have peace peace be with you. Yeah. You're going to have difficult, you're going to have a difficult time of it for the next 20, 30 years until your death comes. Mm -hmm. Both of those things can be true. And I think for, again, for us, we can equate peace with everything smooth and nothing hard happens, which obviously just, that's not what Jesus means uh, to them. Uh, so then uh, the next, uh, what Jesus says next, uh, Luke 24, starting in verse 39, look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bone, as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. So first, this demonstration of his actual bodily, like he's not a ghost.
0: Yep. Uh,
1: And so, you know, that's important for a lot of reasons, because it's like, we're not going to be ghosts. Mm -hmm. Like on the other side of death for us, there is this. I don't know if we'll eat fish or not necessarily. (laughs) Um, Shrimp. Maybe, you know, whatever. Surf and turf. Surf and turf in heaven. Okay. Uh, But there's this sense of, yeah, we're not going to be ghosts flitting around, uh, but we're going to be actually, you know, resurrected embodied people. Uh, So it's a picture, it's a glimpse of, you know, uh, you can have peace partly because on the other side of your suffering and death, there's this, this eternal resurrected. self, right? Uh and then he says something that um this is what I told you. while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that was written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the psalms. So it's kind of like what we, you said before where it's like Jesus is saying, well, this, this is what I told you. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Right? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, let me let me let me back up just for a second to this the significance of a bodily resurrection. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just a big exhale for me when I read passages like this, where he eats fish or he's on the beach and he's cooking fish and he's eating and he's doing a very human thing. Um, and not to beat a dead horse, but it harkens back to the goodness of humanity and the goodness of creation in Genesis one and two, that this is, uh, it's good to be in a physical existence. It's good to have a material body who needs rest and food and friends and all those things. It's, it's interesting to me and a bit ironic that one of the first heresies that pops up in the uh, early church is Gnosticism, which would have condemned the body.
1: Right. Body bad, material bad. Mm -hmm. Salvation
0: is an escape from this physical world and this material body. And then you have other um, splinters of that and Greek philosophy um, and, and, and Plato. And so I think for me, one of the most uh, refreshing things about the story of God is this affirmation of humanity mm-hmm. and is, the, and, and so much so that the resurrection will be us being fully embodied human beings, right. fully functioning right. humanity.
1: Um, yeah. yeah. And that goes back to Genesis one and two, where when God creates everything, it's very good. I mean, mm-hmm. that nothing needs to be fixed there. What needs to be fixed comes in Genesis three. So, you know, the, yeah, the ideal, but I do think this uh, the, uh, the idea that we will have a real existence uh, for for eternity—that we're not going to be, yeah, we're not going to be ghosts. Uh, that that, uh, the, that the the fixing of all things will involve some sort of a created order that we're in physically, in some way, uh, and that that's that's a good thing, uh, and that um, we can therefore look at the good things that we have in this world and appreciate them. They're not bad. Uh, it's, you know, it's just, it's a, it's an interesting, uh, you know, that, that, you know, that it's good to, to care for ourselves. It's good to care for our planet. It's good to care for other people because they their God's creation. And this is a good thing, even though, you know, this, this will be remade somehow. Um, and, and, you know, we're not going to, we're not ghosts. We're not going to be ghosts. The the physical part of us isn't bad. Uh, And Jesus shows us all this when he appears to them and says, peace be with you. And he, and he eats this fish. And then he says to them, Hey, this is what I told you, which is, it is interesting because he did tell them like a lot. (laughs) So, and, and I don't know if, you know, the gospel writers as they're writing the gospels, they're like, I mean what what was that like when Matthew's writing his gospel going just he's shaking his head it's like yeah he did say this i remember it clearly
0: um, <laughs> yeah i think um, i think god is patient with us he knows that it takes repetition uh, Jesus had a curriculum of teaching. It was, Sermon on the Mount wasn't just a one-off. Uh, Sermon on the Plain in Luke wasn't just a one-off. There's a curriculum. Good teachers repeat themselves. And so uh, he knows it takes time for it to sink into our, our minds. God's patient with us. Um, but also, theology doesn't come fully formed. They didn't they didn't have a word for the Trinity for 200, 300 years. They didn't have a yeah. concept of it. And right. so... Um, cool we're, we're getting what we can. We're responding with what we know of God's revealed truth to us. And that's where we're called uh, to be faithful. So yeah. Didn't I tell you, this is a bit of a chastisement, but it's also a um, invitation for us to remind ourselves. That's why, you know, Michael, you talk about it a lot. That's why spiritual habits and spiritualism rhythms and going to church. That's all important because it shapes us over the long haul,
1: right? It's repetition because we forget what he told us
0: it's repetition. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think that's where, um, not only that he's told us and that we're going to have trouble and, and problems and that he's going to be in the fire with us and all that, and that we will suffer and die probably at some point unless the Lord returns before then. Um, but also that everything must be fulfilled that's another, you know, that all of this was necessary in order to live the life I was called to live in order to pay the penalty for your sin. And it had to be this way. I couldn't just drink the poison hemlock and go to sleep and not wake up. It all had to, it all had to be fulfilled. The suffering servant had to be fulfilled.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, and I think for us till our times have to be fulfilled that, you know, there will be trouble, there will be persecution, there will be opposition uh That you know, if we live to the time, end times, there will be a tribulation of some sort, that all of this stuff should, like it all has to be fulfilled. We are in a story, and the story's not about us. right? The story is about God's redemption of all things. Easter is a, a fulcrum of that, but we're in this story, and it all everything has to be fulfilled, and everything will be fulfilled. And likely the fulfillment of that will be surprising to us, just like it was surprising to the disciples. Like we're not, you know, I'm very suspicious of people who have this real precise, you know, eschatological timeline where everything like this, then this, and this, like, I, I think we are told to be ready. We don't know the time or the, you know, we don't know the day or the hour. Be ready. That's yeah. what, those two things are basically what we know, you know, a <laughs> bunch of other stuff it, that's true happen that yeah. we know, but the order of which we're not always sure. Uh, and I just feel like that's in a sense, when we live with that knowledge, it really ennobles and raises up our lives out of the day-to-day, out of the, I don't know, out of the routine of, li- you know, that's required to live the lives that we live. And that's not necessarily bad, but there's so much more to it. And Easter is a reminder that the times have to be fulfilled and we're living in some sort of some part of the story. And, you know, there's a fulfillment that will take place.
0: Yeah. And until then, death and resurrection is the template for our life. Yeah. It's, 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 it's in, it's in the earth. Mm Mm-hmm the right. the it's in the soil literally there's deco- death and decomposition and that's what's necessary to produce new life every time you eat whether you're a vegetarian or not something has to die for mm-hmm. you to live right and so this this template and paradigm of death resurrection is ours until its only resurrection
1: right in the words of Ron Swanson the salad has to die in the mouth of the animal that he's going to eat <laughs> your food is food for my food. <laughs> that that's look. perfect. Yes. That's um, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. I think in Jesus says in order, you know, the seed the seed must fall to the ground and die for mm-hmm. the, the, the plant to come up. And we have to be reminded of that, you know, living sacrifice. We crawl on the altar every day that we deny ourselves. Uh and it's and, and when we do that, we follow the pattern that Jesus lived out and lived out in in, in Easter. Um, and so I think that's, I don't know. I think this is sort of a good Friday and Easter kind of podcast, yeah. um, where, um, you know, why are we troubled? You know, what really is the cause of our trouble? Not that we shouldn't be, but if we should be troubled, by the right things? Uh, and what is the fulfillment of their times look like in, in our lives or what does our death and resurrection look like? And how do we celebrate Easter? that way. And, you know, in this unique time, maybe how can we celebrate Good Friday and Easter in a way that's different uh, and maybe more meaningful?
0: Yeah, that's good. I I haven't uh, fully fleshed that out for us or for myself yet, but it will probably involve some family communion, uh, probably Mm -hmm. some personal silence for me, um, and um, some other type of practices identifying with christ on the cross mm-hmm. i think yeah. I, i'm not trying to promo the prayer stations but go through the prayer stations that calvary has put together and put out um but that's this this podcast will release after that so i mm-hmm. guess it's, it's moved yeah. to some degree
1: yeah. right yeah uh right i, I do think that um it, it's it's not something i thought about really until you know, here we are this week because everything we're living in this whirlwind of yeah. everything. Uh, but it's probably something that would be good, helpful for us to think of, and maybe this will be an Easter unlike other Easter's uh, in ways that are both uh, difficult, uh, but also in ways that are meaningful. So, yeah, yeah. And so maybe I'll just we'll just leave it there. Um, have a meaningful Easter. Uh, live in uh, the peace that God has for you. Uh, mindful of the fulfillment of the times, and uh, living the new life that He's given us. So with that, grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.